The sun has left and forgotten me. It's dark, I cannot Your stories don't define you. How you tell them will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker at Elkins Consulting. I'm standing on the balcony of a high-rise in San Diego, California right now, recording this introduction to a conversation I had with two very dear friends, Kimberly Davis and Heather Younger. We realized that our conversation about our relationships with women and how they've changed us over the years might be a really good conversation for somebody else to overhear. So we recorded it. I hope you enjoy listening to us, laughing, enjoying our conversation together. And I hope that this will be your opportunity to have a conversation with the women in your life. Find out how you can support each other and make sure you are the people that other women can count on. Enjoy. Here's my first question. When you think about a woman who surprised you with her support, her support? Support. Uh, support. She, a woman who supported you or championed you that you maybe didn't anticipate. And my first story that comes to mind is the one that I told you that you used in your book, which was a woman who was a boss. She took over when I was at the university system. And when she first um, started to understand the project I was working on, she told my boss that he needed to rein me in because I was working above what I was being paid to do. And he told me that she had done this, that she had said this. And in the context of, he said, don't stop what you're doing. This project needs what you're doing. So don't worry about it. So this woman said to bring oh, you? Yes. That so this is really support to me. No. So, but here's what happened no. was um, over the course of a few months, she started to see what was happening and why I was doing what I was doing. And um, I had had really a traumatic experience at my previous job. So there I was sitting at my desk and this woman who was um, an associate chancellor, no, what was her title? Uh, Deputy chief Mm -hmm. of um, education, deputy commissioner. And she invited me into her office and I had an immediate anxiety attack. Like, Oh my gosh. She said, I need to see you in my office just like that. And I have, I'm flushing. I can feel my heart rate going up. I think I'm about to be either fired or reprimanded because that's what I had experienced in my previous job in significant ways. So I go into her office. She closed the door Mm -hmm. and I sat at the chair across from her desk and she said, I have, I have to give you this and it's a piece of paper and I'm reading it, expecting it to be, you know, like a pink slip. And it ended up being a bonus, a change in title and a raise Mm -hmm. because of the work I had been doing. And she said, as I'm reading this, I'm rereading and rereading. And as I'm reading this, I'm like in disbelief. And she said, what you're doing is making this project work. And without you, I don't think it would have gotten this far. And thank you for all of your hard work on this project. And I was so ready for awful experience. I didn't know how to react to it, but I remember walking out and I sat down at my desk and tears dribbled and I'm not a crier. And from that point forward, she was a champion for me. So I think about how women behave toward each other a lot. 
And you know my recent experience with an Airbnb guest that was awful to me. And she had never met me. And I just, I would like to hear more stories about when women championed us. You know, it's so interesting to me because my experience is similar. And I think that this is an interesting thing to explore around women's relationships. Um, I find women to be so hard on one another and on the front end. And I think that was similar with this woman too, Mm -hmm. right? This story where where she's like, you need to rein her in. I mean, what, is what am I? Hello. That, <laughs> no. is, that is not sisterhood in my head. No. Um, and, and, and yet on the other side, once you have earned respect or some, there's something that shifts where they can go, right. well, now I'm going to be your champion. But I think there's a real problem with women, women and our instincts are to, to almost be competitive, to push one another down instead of how do we lift one another up from the outset. Um, and because uh, I've had similar experiences and I think that that's, it's unfortunate that you have to go through, like you have to almost prove yourself in some way to get that, that support. Now, of course, I've been experienced that with y'all. Well, that's, uh, but, yeah. but I do, I've experienced that many times in my career, mm-hmm. uh, I, it, mostly in a professional sense, not in a friendship sense, but in a professional sense. I think that happens far too often. I'm trying to, Sarah, it's, my brain is being stretched right now to think of a woman, who's, a woman that's not like an immediate friend mm-hmm. uh, who surprised me by their support. Well, what if... Well, it's also how do you experience, what, what does support mean? Because support can show up in so many different ways, right. right? So with that woman, support showed up as, as um, if there was a financial advocacy. Uh, I right. see you. I recognize right. your, 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 your achievement, and I want you to know right. I see you. There's, so there's that kind of support. There's the kind of emotional support, mm-hmm. which is a different kind of support, right? There's all the different yeah. kinds of support. Um, but when you started sharing your story, what showed up for me, because normally when I think of support, I don't think of it in the same way that did that story unfolded, mm-hmm. but, but what showed up for me as a woman early in my career, when I, when I was, um, I was doing work with, with, through a corpcom department and I was doing all the events for a company and, um, this woman gets comes in and she was hired as the new VP of corporate communications and marketing, both. And she came in and she was really impressed with my work. And she beckoned me into her office after a few days of seeing my work. And, and she, she asked about my background and I tell her about my background and she goes, Oh, well, I thought it was going to be different. And then she turns and just like dismisses you. Like so <gasps> literally turned her body away from me just to, like to me to leave the room. Because she was and anticipating I went to Harvard yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, an yeah, attorney. Yeah, yeah. And, right. I mean, and right. I'd clearly been doing good work. Right. Right? That's the thing. She was she was she's like, I was thinking of adding you to the team, but no. And oh, oh so, my gosh. what? And oh so I then went, you know, wait a second, let me, let me tell you about how my lived experience has made a difference in the way I, the, the value I bring right. to the conversation. And, you know, and she didn't, she, I think nobody ever talks to her that way. So she didn't, she didn't really know what to do with that. But a month later she came in and brought me a project that essentially changed the trajectory of my career. 
Um, and she said, I think you're right for this project. And, and I, you know, can you build out this custom global customer experience program and facilitate it all over the world? And, you know, like, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it was never, I see you, you're great. You know, it was always right. like, what can you do for me? Well, and then she had to sit in it for a bit, but had she not, had we not had that exchange, that opportunity would have never shown up. Right. But it was, it didn't mm. feel like support. Right. Like, right. So that's, right. I think professionally women can be really hard on one another. Yeah. Which is ridiculous, mm. I think. But, it, and, and as much as I love the friendship support, I think it's even more critical that we support each other in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what's happened for me since that time now is there is no delineation because I work for myself, so it's a little right. different, right? If I were, worked for an organization, it would be a very different story. But now there's, I blur those lines so much. I don't really do business with people I don't care about because it's too. I put too much of myself into it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so what about, so Heather, when you think about your work and your team... Like um, the the women that you have hired and nurtured in their careers just in the past few years, mm-hmm. what is that relationship like from the other perspective? Because I know that they love working with you and for you. I think it's just the. Um, I mean, the folks that I hire. I'm, I, I'm not hiring them because they're women. I just, but they just like, they, there's, there's a strength about them. There's an independence about them. They, I, I can just tell they're going to see somebody who gets their, get stuff done. And when I like, for example, with Ashley, she's young, she's like 26. I absolutely love her, but she will challenge me at every turn. And that's exactly why she's still with me. Like, I love yeah. the fact that she's just like, that's no, like, no, Don't that's, that's, right. that's not going to it is. Right. And so, uh, I absolutely love that. I, love, I just like people who just look. And so I found that the strong women, I, I'm attracted to having them around me and we can like have all these great ideation. And then obviously in the end, it's like, I can say, you know, I don't like it, but I let them overrule me a lot. So I think the reason why I like it is it's just, I know they're intelligent. I can trust them. They know things I don't yeah, know. They make this better. Yeah. I, they just know things I don't know. And so I'm like, I'd rather, I'd rather have people around me because I know there's so much I don't know. And if I can get people around me who know all these things and can do all these things that I'm horrible at, so that strength stuff. Yeah. I definitely am a strength-based leader. There's no doubt about that. I but don't you think so? And I, I think that there's a difference between really appreciating strong women, which I really appreciate, and and women who are projecting strength when it's actually they're jealous or they're oh. intimidated, and so they're pr- trying to prove, like they're trying to squash. Well, women strength. say they love strong women, but they don't necessarily want to work with them. Yeah, I don't want a strong woman who is like what you just said. Yeah, hundred percent. Like there's an insecurity there, so they're gonna make you know that they're this, they're that, that, yeah. that, and yeah. that makes you feel lesser than or something. But how do we be strong together? I mean, that to me, that to me is like that's well, cool. Heather is building an empire around that and strong together. Yeah, trying to be trying to do. well. Even I'm thinking about NSA, so National Speaker Association. You remember yeah. you weren't okay. So there's like. I see they have these little ma- little mastermind hubs, like different people that join things. Some of them are all women, some of them aren't. They're mixed, you know, different things. <laughs> and so I don't know if you saw my post just the other day about, so I get bumped and my friend who lives in Colombia, she's a speaker. She speaks on resilience and stuff oh. like that. 
So I'm, I have, I have dinner with her the night before I'm going to start all this stuff. And I think that's the last time I'm going to see her. And then I get to the airport and it's time to leave and I don't get to leave. And she, and she, and I'm texting her like, oh yeah. And she goes, well, just let me know. And I can always pick you up. I'm like 10 minutes from the, from the airport. So I didn't think I was going to have to do that. We go on the runway. I'm thinking we're about to come off. Nope. Got turned back around, refuel. Nope. They're not going to let us leave to Dallas oh, to go to Dallas to Denver. And so, uh, so it just doesn't happen. So I, call, I finally go, you know, I'm not going to sit around. I am too exhausted. I can't, I just need a bed to sleep in. I'm not going to sit around this anymore. So I call her and I'm like, I'm going to Uber to you. I'm not going to have you all leaving right now. It's too late. I'm just going to Uber to you and just thank you so much. And I'm like, can I do, can you do anything for me? I'm like, nope. I just need your bed. Like I just need, I just your need bed. to sleep and right. then I'll get up and you know, leave the next day. But her, like, she's that kind of person. She's a very strong person. And she has, a, like, a mastermind group that's other, a couple other women. And she's got another one that has women, like, a couple of women and a man in it. And I noticed, like, they do do the connection. And even there's even referrals between people. So if someone booked you this year, if you have a good relationship with them, mm-hmm. uh, if you're in a mastermind or whatever, then they might, they'll refer you yeah. to that same group of people because they're not going to usually bring you back the second year. Right, right. And so I see a lot of support take place inside mm-hmm. of that. I mean, I haven't had a ton of referrals, but part of it is because I am very much a loner and I have like my own little mini group of people that are not speakers, you know, that are there right. to do the thing. And so, but I'm trying to do a little bit more of it uh, to try to have a little bit more of that support system. It's hard because I'm the only child. So for me, I'm just, and I am I'm this kind of person. Right. Like, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. hard to... You know, I actually do. I have a... a standard thank you email that I write. I normally will hand write a thank you note to the person who hired me or to the, um, the, the team that hosted me at an event, like the servant leadership conference I spoke with spoke at in Dallas early this year. Um, but what I've started doing in my standard email, thanking them is sending them a list of speakers, particularly women who are relatively undiscovered. So I'll send Mm -hmm. Caroline Brookfield, who talks on creativity. Mm -hmm. I'll send Shelly Brown, Mm -hmm. who talks about belonging. And and, um, Wendy, oh, I don't know why I'm struggling. No, no. Uh, But she wrote this great book, and I saw her speak at the Servant Leadership Mm -hmm. Conference, and she was fantastic. Mm So I will send a list of three Oh, Some, and generally it's women every once in a while, like I'll put an Andy Vargo in there mm-hmm. because I think his voice needs to be heard. So why are, I mean, why are we not doing more of that? Mm-hmm. Oh, in terms of referral? I think there's more pockets of it. Like I think it's happening in yeah. less, less, uh, intentionally. Well, I, I don't know less intentionally. I think it's just less, um, structured ways. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know I'm referring people all the time, but it's not as, you've got a mm-hmm. wonderful system mm-hmm. for it, yeah. but I'm also, I need to refer people more. I'm, I'm in a different place with my career too. I'm to be. Yeah. I think I, I, I enjoy it, but I know this is, I, we're working on more of the certification programs and looking at licensing and things like that. Yeah. Things that will let other people use my stuff. Yes. So I'll be like the creative and the team will help put it together and then we just put systems in place and sell the systems and yeah. do the certifications okay. and the, the assessments and all the books. You know what I mean? So are you seeing a difference? Huh. I mean, I, you're, you're putting all this stuff out there about listening and caring. And are you seeing a difference in workplaces? Are people actually applying this stuff? I think more people are, more organizations. It's like, it's so funny when you think about the thing in the past. Culture used to be this like, what is that thing? And uh, Now everybody's talking about it and there a lot of companies are doing work on it. You know, you know this. Though. The problem is that there's just a lot of jerks out there. 
And so, yeah. Yeah. and there's a lot of people who have good intentions, but they don't want to stay, stay at it long-term, you know, change transformation stuff. It's just, yeah. it takes, it's, it's in, it's a lifetime of work. The, the it client, is a lifetime, right? It is. It? And mm-hmm. I, I, I find myself, I go like, yes, I can make an impact. Crap, this didn't matter, Jack. <laughs> yes, I can make an impact. And the problem is, is when you teach authentic leadership, right? And I talk about all, all this, you know, we, we're all have similar conversations. Yeah. But, um, and then the leadership you see in the world is not lack of. reflective right. of most of the stuff I'm talking about. It, it gets, it, it's really disheartening. It's really disheartening. Um, and I know that it works and I know that it, it's important. Mm-hmm. And there are times when I'm like, yes, this is a worthy fight. And sometimes I do feel so sad mm-hmm. uh, and fatigued mm-hmm. by like Sisyphus pushing the, the ball uphill right. all the time um, that I have to, I have to stop and refuel because I can't keep, I can't, I, I, right. I'm not able to keep an even level of, yes, this is the fight I'm fighting because the fight I'm fighting sometimes feels like a fruitless. Yeah. I don't know if anyone can though. I mean, I think more, more people would benefit by taking that break, like prop up that ball for a little while, walk away and then yeah, come back yeah. and keep pushing yeah. because yeah. I, I think about that a lot. Cause I, I told you last week I was so discouraged by meanness yeah, and right. by yeah. the people that I love that are sharing hateful, antagonistic stuff, and they don't even think about it as being hateful. But when you see the reactions to it, it doesn't matter what your intention is in sharing it. Right. Because if it's making people feel angry or distrustful, which that's what most of it does, I, I found myself really discouraged. But the more I come back to it, you know, when I take that break and I talk to my son who has this wisdom about him, mm-hmm. then I feel like I can come back. And especially mm-hmm. because I have my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have you two, Heather and Kimberly, and I have Melissa and I have friends at home yeah. and I, my sister is amazing. Yeah. And that's where I think when we take our breaks, if we are really intentional about who we take them with, yeah. I, yeah. I have a lot of solitary time that I find really refreshing. It's huge for me. But yes. sometimes it ends up being that internal dialogue that is negative if yeah. I'm not yeah. careful. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think girlfriends are, they, they make all the difference. Yeah. I have hope. I have, I have hope. I always have hope. I don't, it's the thing that gets me up. I do believe that the work either I do or the work that's done through me, like, again, the people the who get certified, I do feel like there's the one person. And I, like, my thing is like, if there's one person that changes one behavior in, right. in an audience of hundreds of people, I don't really care. In my mind, the impact's there, it's worth it. So right. to me, like the things that I do and it being worth it to me is, I, I always think it's worth it. I always think the work is worth it. one person. Yeah. And at the same time, I feel sometimes that, I'm so fatigued by everything I see <coughs> that it it's not that I don't feel like it's worth it. I feel overwhelmed. Yeah. And by are, the are we moving the needle? That's oh, yeah. the question. Overwhelmed by yeah. the problem. And, um, and I think for me also, and this is, I'm, I'm in a different place again than I used to be. I'm looking at how, 
how can I have my whole life be a way to experience the impact that I want to make as a human being, not just my work. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking at life in a much more holistic way than I ever did yeah, before. Yeah. And you're inspiring people like me. You're inspiring people by yeah. the way well, you're because, doing that. you know, because I, it, here's the thing. It's like at the end of my life, I don't want to go. I wish I would have. Yeah. And, um, and if I can look at, okay, this is, this is the impact I want to have. This is what I stand for. And, and, how do I do that in every facet of my life, not just in my work? I, right. it, it feels more whole. I feel more whole. I don't know. I, so I, I have this congruency is super important to me. I just like, I want to be like the thing I say, I, I say, I value my presence with you. And I'm, I want to value that presence. If it's my kids sitting at the kitchen table, I want to value my presence with my husband. So, and I, of course I struggle with that. This is not, you know, we all, yeah. we all right? Welcome to being human. So I'm, like, I'm always trying to go, and I don't tell people, like, in the audience, I'm like, listen, like, this is what happens, my boys come in, like, I, it used to be to come in and they all started yapping to me and I'd get so frustrated, and I finally had to have, like, my workaround so that I felt, I didn't feel guilty that I wasn't being present for them, so I would right. say, okay, like, Dominic and Mateo, you have to shush, so Sebastian, tell me about blah, blah, blah. Then I'm like right here, and then I can sense that at least I can pause with my conversation with him and come back to him later. I'll meet, like I'll be in your room later. We'll talk about it. Right. Boom! Now tell me this. Well, I had to do it because right. they would all come in from school and be like, and then and then and then, and I and I had and I had still was working, and I'd be like, right, like how long take me away kind of thing. And it was because I was allowing it to flow in because I do have that whole like empath thing right. happening. Yeah. It just flows, 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 which is why the exhaustion is yeah. even more real that's for right. me. Exactly <laughs> it's like that's really exactly real for me. So I have to be super intentional about what's the thing that settles me, that centers me, that's like all that level, you know, what do I do for me and how often do I do it? But the boys will come in and it's just flowing, flowing, flowing. And I got to the point where I'm like, I am being a hypocrite. I am being a hypocrite. I talk about listening and I cannot hear them. Like I cannot hear, yeah. you know, I can't right. do it. Not all right. at one time. So I just started having these little workarounds and I try to share those workarounds with people like this might be happening to you at work. By the way, if somebody comes up to you and they want you to listen to them, you don't have to do it in that moment. Here's right, what you right. say. And I'm trying to yeah. give them the words to yes, say it. Right. Like, how do you not have to respond? You know, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. my gosh, just because I've been there, done that. Right. And right? if we can do it with our kids, we can do it with other people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I did the same thing when, um, when our older son Jacob was in high school, it was his second semester of his senior year, he was failing all of his classes. Mm. He was um, overwhelmed. He couldn't, he just, no, it was second semester of his junior year. Oh. And um, he was just struggling. Oh, and he came into the dining room where I was working, my laptop open, and he walks in, Mom, I need blah, 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 blah. And I, I said, whoa, Jacob, give me a second. I need to, I need to finish this email because you know my brain is not going to finish this yeah. email if I can't do it right now. And I said, just give me a second. So I finished what I was doing. I closed my laptop, turned my phone upside down, facing down yeah. so I couldn't see it. And I looked him straight in the eyes. I said, okay, tell me what's going on. And he said, whatever. It was a, a half a minute conversation, which is normal for a 17-year-old, right? And I said, okay, are we good? And he said, yeah. And he walked away. And then a couple days later, same thing. Mom, I need blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So I closed my laptop, turned my phone upside down. I said, okay, Jacob, what do you need from me? And he sat down in the chair and faced me. Wow. And he said, this is blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay. And I answered him, whatever it was. I said, is, is that it? Is there something else? And he's like, no, that's it. And I said, okay, thanks for telling me. And I went to open my laptop and he stood up to walk away and he stopped. And he turned around and he looked at me and he said, thanks mom. 
that was like a full three minute conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And with a 17 year old boy, that's, that's big, yeah, right? Exactly. A three minute full yeah. sentence conversation. Yeah. Really and big. what I realized at the time was that what I was doing by turning my phone upside down was mm-hmm. giving myself that cue. Yeah that I needed to be fully present. Yeah. What I didn't know was that I was giving him the cue. That's yes. Right. That's right. Absolutely. She's paying really attention. Cares. She really cares. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's literally, I'm spending a majority of my time, right? Exactly. What you're talking about with, with these audiences. And, um, I think there it's clicking. I think we are realizing the impact of that, of that need to be present. And, and, and the, all the humanity that's embedded in it. And also yeah. the gift that's given by us doing that. I mean, right. <laughs> it's massive. It's really massive. And your kid says thank you just mm-hmm. for paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a contradiction for me because it's like, well, he shouldn't have to thank me for paying attention to him. But the thing is, is that it's so rare in this world for someone to give yeah. us three minutes of undivided attention that is different. And again, us. it's sad. It's well, and yet know. I'm so I, grateful. I disagree with you, Sarah, because don't you think we should be saying thank you all the time for everything that's wonderful? Yeah, I mean, I think true. saying well, thank yeah. you was like I, this. That was really. It was his yeah. cue of saying I that I, that was really special. Yeah. Right. Not that this is unusual. He wasn't mm-hmm. saying, "Mom, you don't normally do this." That was and really yeah, right. like mm-hmm. part of it was that contradiction for me. It was mm-hmm. oh, that's so sweet that he gets it. That this yeah. was a gift, and at the same time, like, well, my kids should know I'm going to pay attention to him. I think he did that. That was a gift to you. Yeah, I think that he was giving Mm. you a gift back. Is what it was. I don't know. I don't think it was a cue that that was unusual. I think it was a cue that I want you to know. I really appreciated that. That was really meaningful. I had a woman come up up to me during that that three day workshop part, which is where where this is the meaningful part of things. There was a few people all over the two days that came to me. One lady came to me and said she was uh, she was in foster care and then like basically was on her own since she was thirteen and my story of belonging, just like some of the things that like it, she, it's something that she had an affinity to. It's, most, it's mostly the story. It's the right. story. And I tell people that. Yeah. And I, I tell, <laughs> I told the, like this, this particular company at 5,000 employees. And I said, do you all do much storytelling around the, um, the times when belonging is working at work? So when it's working at work and, and if people are brave to talk about when it didn't work at work and I tell them about this podcast I did where there was a woman who shared that she was the aggressor in microaggression she was an assistant county manager at one place and, uh, and she was at, they were at this executive retreat and there was an African-American guy that's kind of a part of the executive team, but she's kind of above him. So a little bit superior to him. Uh-huh. And they were getting people to table like, we need to have diverse voices. And she looks over and she goes, come on, we hear you, Jerry. We need, we need to tell you oh, black no. person. And she says oh, this. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, the, so she says this. Okay. And, uh, and then he ends up coming up to her going, you know, I thought we had a trusting relationship. I thought this was really hurtful, blah, blah, blah. Well, what they ended up doing. He felt safe enough to say that to her. He did. He did. Well, because they were, I mean, he is on the executive team, so he's not right. like so. Well, and that speaks volumes about both of them. It does. Yeah. It does. And so here's what's yeah. even more beautiful, which I didn't expect this. I, I, it was like, it was a podcast, you know, that when you invite people, you don't know what they're going to tell right. you. Right. You're like, they're just leaders of the heart or whatever. Right. I don't know. So. So what happened is these two decided to go around and now they're going around the whole county sharing the story of this microaggression and how they were able to come together. It gives you chills, doesn't wow. it? it does. so, so I was like, you know, these are the, that's the kind of stuff. So right. I'm able to share all these like real yes. life things yes. of it. But the people, when they come through with it, it's like the, you know, I didn't know about this thing. And then one lady, when I did that listening session with the marginalized group, so, um, uh, Latino, 
Latina woman, she said in the group, she said, yeah, I went back right away. Like all these people are already starting to take action. And people are calling us already after your talk. And this is that she goes, but I, one person told me that she didn't feel like she belonged as she was sitting there listening to you. And I, and I said, oh, and, and so she said, and I told the lady, like, let's, that's good. Hold on to that sense of not belonging, even if it's in front of Heather. Like have, hold on to the sense of it, whatever right. that is, that, whatever that Because then you was. can sense it in other people. Yeah, because that's what I told you. I'm like, I want you to think of it to, like, how many here have always have been in a place where you don't feel like you belong? And it's like 90% of the room. Yeah. White guys, white ladies, doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, they're all yeah, of doing, course. Right? And so they do that and I go, and that's what I want you to hold on to right now. I want you to ensure that nobody ever feels the way you felt like that. And so they're, I, that's how we start off. That's right. And they're just like. Okay. And now let's get into like how you do this, you know? Yeah. So, you know, uh, so good. in my podcast, oh my I, I start with, tell me something that most people don't know about you. And I have to tell you, I've done over 300 episodes and probably 280 interviews or something like mm-hmm. that. Cause some of the episodes are monologues. They're solo. Yeah. But what's interesting is how many people in, in not only in my podcast, but in my coaching and the friends that I've talked to over decades of conversation have said, I never felt like I really fit in. Yep. yep. Almost every single person I know what? has said something like that. Oh my gosh. I never really felt like hey, I fit in. That's the next book, by the way. The only person, <laughs> I think, right? I think, the right? only next person next that didn't say that was a young man I interviewed. He was in his twenties and he said, I was the one that always fit in and I desperately wanted to get out. <gasps> oh my gosh, that's Ooh. totally the next book. That is the beginning story of your next book. calling it fitting in. Oh, oh, that just gave me chills. Seriously. Because when you see that, when you see the trend like that, you're like, because we're doing research. Right. That's what's happening in our podcast. Right. Yeah. So when you see that trend, something, it just, that's what happened with the Karen Leadership book. I was like, what? And then the list, it just popped to me. Yeah. Right. So if that, that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. Right. So really if cool. nobody ever feels like they fit in, where does that leave us? Right. Ooh. Right. And that's why the session at No Longer Virtual in Park City, Utah was so important. It was mm-hmm. belonging and the difference, the distinction between fitting in and belonging. Oh, wait, but Sarah, please just write this, put this down for yourself. You need to at least write this down because this is totally your next book, I'm telling you. Because I'm thinking about a couple things. I'm thinking about a couple different angles. I'm thinking about uh, the fact that like in a predominantly Christian, like I mean, really a lot, of, then you as a Jewish person, so you have some storytelling to tell. Right. But that the stories, it still goes back to stories. So it's like fitting in, of course it does. but how our stories <laughs> kind of like what I was saying, yeah. share your stories. Do you do storytelling in your organization? You got to share the story so people can feel empathy through the stories they, they hear. They'll see, Oh, I'm in that role. I've done that or I've Which done well. And how you start your, your listening sessions. Yeah, with the have any have any of you felt like you know, exactly right. like or right. yeah all of it. I'm always like I'm always trying to go like where is your pain and then like right. where is the pleasure or like where are your positive memories and then where are your negative ones and then I want them to connect with both so they can figure out like how do they create more of the good and how do they get rid of the bad yeah. right but I mean in this case you're seeing a trend there's so much there's so many different angles I can see fully all the, the great stories and angles you could take inside of that oh my gosh fully in your world I already started it oh did you. <laughs> Yay. Good. Good. Yeah. In the context of authenticity. Mm, I can see it totally. Mm. Interesting. So good. So good. Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just smile.